1: Feel it coming in the air yeah. And there's screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is on this town
2: tonight Welcome hey, to Last Lassiter's Sports Talk, Alex Klintz in studio today I believe I will be by myself all day today. Give us a call, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner. Like Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Facebook page. Um, yeah, I got a lot to talk about today. Definitely cover NBA All-Star Weekend and how it's slowly falling into an abyss. Uh, take away the actual game itself. Everything else is kind of uh, waning in its popularity and excitement. Uh, we'll talk NFL. There was a poll taken uh, by NFL players uh, with respects to having a gay teammate. I'll run over that, definitely. Um, but The U of A-ASU basketball game had somewhat of a controversial finish. Uh, double overtime game in Tempe. Very exciting game with the Arizona State one, but I, I want to talk about how it ended and how I'm starting to show my age with not being excited to see fans rush the court, even in a, even in a big rivalry game. Um, eight 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 three four six nine one four four. give us a call so the NBA All-Star Weekend they tried to mix it up a little bit this year uh, the dunk contest had sort of a synchronized dunking a team dunking for the three Eastern Conference uh, participants and then three Western Conference participants it's kind of a joke uh, the dunk contest used to be the biggest spectacle in the NBA it's what everybody waited to see and I understand that a lot of it has to do with uh, media blowing up since then. You know, from the from the '60s, '70s, '80s, when it first started to get its its pulse with Dr. J, and then Michael Jordan in the '80s and in the '90s. Uh, still exciting. Still exciting. Great dunkers. Everything was kind of new. Not everything was done a thousand times. Two thousand Vince Carter, maybe the best portrayal in a in a dunk in a best. I mean, it, it was. The best I've ever seen, in my opinion, from top to bottom. He had three or four just I- iconic dunks that have not been done again. And I mean, he's he was a beast, and I think he was the best dunker of all time in the dunk competition. So I think with with media obviously expanding and more games being televised, uh, you do see more basketball now. Obviously, so you see more dunks, you see more highlight film more more top 10 plays, things in that, in that nature. So what's being put on at the dunk contest is kind of an afterthought. And in the past few years, we haven't had any big-name guys in the dunk contest. Jeremy Evans won the dunk contest a couple years ago. He was a bench player for the Jazz that played two minutes a game. But they made an online petition to get him in, get him in, and he got in and he won, which which was fine. Nobody knows who he is. Terrence Ross won last year. Nobody knew who he was then. And he's had a couple huge scoring games this year, so he's starting to be on people's radar, but very lightly. So he was the defending champion. He dunked this year. They had three All-Stars that are participating in the game in a dunk contest this year for the first time in forever. Uh, Paul George, Damian Lillard. Uh, it's, you know, it, I I, I, fed, I sped up through most of it. I recorded it, I was excited to watch it, and then I was reminded painfully at how painful it is to watch. It started really going downhill when Nate Robinson, I, four or five years ago, just got 45 attempts to make one dunk and still got a 50 out of it because he's five nine and he can jump through the roof, but it took him forever. It was painful to watch and sit around watching him miss dunk after dunk after dunk after dunk and then ending up winning the whole thing because that was in the parameters of the rules. So I'm not sure what they're going to do, but something's got it. Something's got to change. They might have to pay LeBron James and a couple others a million dollars a piece. Maybe have a go to charity or something like that to get a star-studded dunk contest. And that will at least be a step in the right direction. Because if they continue down this path, it's it's going to lead to the, to the dunk con- contest being completely obsolete. I have an idea about how they can save the All-Star game, the All-Star weekend, um, but I'll talk about it at the end of this, uh, at the end of my rant. Throughout all of the events, uh, the three point competition, it, you know, it was exciting. I, I love the three point competition, I really do. Uh, they had shooters this year. Uh, it, that's a loosely defined term, because Steph Curry is probably the best shooter in the game. But he does a lot of it off the dribble. He does a lot of it in transition. He does a lot of it coming off picks. He doesn't just stand and shoot, stand and shoot, stand and shoot. Damian Lillard, same thing. You know, Kevin Love even more so. He won it last year, so that's why he's in it this year. He's not really a shooter. Joe Johnson's not really a three-point shooter. It's a part of his game, but it's not the focal point of it. He shoots the ball, even in the competition, like he had a bucket of molasses dumped on him. He didn't even make it through the last rack, which is fine. It's it's difficult to get through, but I think maybe he got into maybe he got two shots out, two shots off in the last rack. It's like he it was a practice round, like he was getting his form down in the middle of everything. It was it was kind of painful to watch. Aaron Aflalo has an awkward release that doesn't really yield great results for a dunk, for a uh, three point shooting contest. He shoots the ball on a fl- on a straight line. And he's a jump shooter. I mean, he jumps fully with every shot, which takes off time, which is difficult if, if you're in this sort of competition. Steph Curry, I love watching him. I was hoping he'd win. He was obviously the odds-on favorite to win, but the odds-on favorite never wins. I mean, for Larry Bird in the 80s, when it was really a three-point competition, when they wore their jumpsuits, their, their warm-ups... He needed to hit a shot at the buzzer to win one of his. So it's not like anybody can really run away with a three-point competition. Bradley Beal, probably the most exciting part of All-Star Weekend, aside from the actual game itself, was Bradley Beal running the final rack to tie to go into a playoff with Marco Bellinelli. Like, that was exciting. And it was cool that they made a whole rack of just money balls. That was new this year. So it adds a little wrinkle into a normally pretty stenciled uh, way of doing the three-point competition. So that was cool. I don't know. I mean, Marco Bellinelli, the only guy that is still in the NBA just because he can shoot, won. Everybody else here has been an all-star. I mean, Aaron Oflalo hasn't. Bradley Beal hasn't. But most of the field have been all-stars. So that's why getting bigger names... As opposed to potentially getting better shooters that people don't know is how they went this year, and all these guys can shoot. I'm not taking anything away from them. So you know, I I, I just don't I just don't know. And again, I have an idea about how they can save all of these things, and I'll talk about it towards the end. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Give us a call. Tell me what you think about the NBA All Star Weekend as a whole, and I, I'd, I'd love to hear it. So. When it comes to that, the three-point competition, I just I just don't know. This is going to be the next one to go. Obviously, watching three-pointers go in is exciting, and seeing a hot shooter go on a sick run is exciting. But as a whole, I mean, take away the names in this year, it was just another three-point competition, which is fine, because I love it, and that's that's my personal opinion. The skills competition, I didn't really understand. What they did this year was they paired up two guys. Normally it would be a, a, a personal competition between guys, but now they teamed up guys. I don't really understand why. They're trying to, again, put another wrinkle into into the competition as a whole. I loved the skills competition. Maybe change the <laughs> change the course. It's been the same course the whole time. Ever since its inception, I I believe. I mean, make it completely different. Make them dribble through real defenders. Make Make something a little bit different. I don't know. I mean, the names really weren't there this year. It was so exciting to watch Tony Parker, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Darren Williams... Guys that have supplanted themselves as solid point guards in the NBA, these guys are these guys are young. I mean, I like the up and comers. I mean, that's great. I like that there were a couple of rookies in there. Michael Carter Williams looked great, but again, it's starting to become boring as a whole. Personally, I love it, but the more and more people I talk to and ask about it, people don't even watch. In a great city like like New Orleans, you have vanilla ice as your halftime show. That doesn't make much sense to me. It was just kind of disjointed, and that's another thing. Going back to the dunk competition, we saw Nick Cannon more than we saw anybody else. So I just don't. It that didn't make much sense to me. It's becoming more a Hollywoodish than an actual competition. At some point, they're going to have to put something at stake that will, that will you know draw these players, these upper echelon players, to compete and compete at hundred percent. Not like it's just like a, a backyard, you know, time with, with, with your friends. And, and I read something that LeBron James wasn't even in the building for All Star Weekend. He's the most, uh, you know, most important player in the NBA right now fan base-wise, obviously performance-wise. It just made me remember that when all of the stars would sit around the dunk competition on the court and just jump up and down and go nuts when they see a crazy dunk. I remember when Vince Carter went nuts in 2000, I think it was Shaq that just couldn't keep his pants on. He was so excited to just watch all this stuff because when it comes down to it, everybody understands how talented the person next to him is. But when you can actually sit and take a look back and watch the spectacle that used to be the dunk competition, it really puts things into perspective as to how crazily talented these players are. And it's starting to become lost moment by moment. So on the other side of the break, I'm going to give you my idea as to how how to kind of put a stronger pulse back into NBA All-Star Weekend. And I'll talk about the game itself and why that's kind of a Travis mockery at this point as well. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, Voice Talk America. I'll be back.
3: Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts.
0: parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
1: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
2: Welcome back to Kwame Laser Sports Talk on Voice America Radio. Voice Talk America sounds pretty cool, but that is not this network. Uh, Voice America Radio. I can mess up once in a while. I, I apologize, Kevin. Uh, 888-346-9144. I'm talking NBA All-Star Game. Later on in the show, I might have my friend Donovan Files from the Miller Files San Diego Radio call in, talk a little bit about the poll that was taken in, uh, by for NFL players uh, on whether they would accept a gay teammate into the locker room or not, I'll talk about that uh, in the next segment. Talking NBA All Star Game. This is my idea. Instead of having three separate events, I like the the uh, rise the shooting stars or whatever that is with the old guy, the the veteran, and then you know the WNBA player and the current NBA player where they have the hot spots around and you have to hit the half court shot to win that's great I love that cuz that half court shot's so fun I mean it's the game it's the outlier it's a game changer it's it's fantastic so keep that that's fine you can keep that separate from what I'm about to talk about you pick 5 guys out of all of the NBA you pick 5 guys and they compete in every event You have the skills competition, the three-point shootout, and the dunk contest. So I believe with this thing, you have to pick guys that can do all of them. But you have to be able to, you have to not pick one guy that's a way better three-point shooter than the other two because he'll obviously win that event, pick a better dunker, pick a better ball handler, things in that regard. It has to kind of be middle ground for all of them. So they go through the rigors of all the events and I think that this will draw bigger names and maybe put a cash prize at the end of it. Half it goes to charity, half it goes to you. Or or put a car as the prize or something like that. And I think guys that wouldn't normally compete in these events would slowly start to become excited about it. And it would also maybe show competition-wise the best all-around player in the NBA. I mean something like that. Obviously this is just a spectacle and it's it's an exhibition and it's not something that's, you know, actually feasible. But I think it'd be exciting. Do you think LeBron James maybe would do it then? He's worked on his three-point shot. He's he's able to do that now and he's got he, he's got ball-handling skills, you know. Kevin Durant You know, I think it'd be exciting. That would make me pumped about the All-Star game if, if I found out that, that, that that's how they're going to do it next year. I'm going to be looking forward to that. Media Buzz would be crazy because you get the top best of the best guys in the NBA across the board to compete. I just think I think it'd be fantastic. Well, let's get to the actual game itself. Uh, this was a—I <laughs> didn't see any defense played. That's just me, though. I don't know if uh, if you guys did or or not. East one sixty-three, West one fifty-five. It was kind of cool that uh, the East scored the last ten points of the game to win. That was cool. Kyrie Irving MVP, thirty-one and fourteen. Obviously, these numbers are supremely ballooned because no defense is played, and that's what's kind of bothering me is. Normally, all-star games, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters. Like, the first half is for the fans throwing alley-oops off the backboard, stuff like that, um, behind-the-back passes. And then the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, people start playing defense. Because, I mean, there are at least a couple all-NBA defensive guys in this game. I mean, LeBron James is going to be one of them. It just didn't happen. So many records were broken. So many offensive records are broken in this game. I mean, I'll run down a couple. Most combined points, 318. Previous was 303 in 1987. So that record held for a while. Most points by one team, the East. Most combined field goals made. Most field goals made by one team. Most combined three-pointers made. Most three-pointers made by one team. Most combined three-pointers attempted. 103-point shots were attempted. The previous record was 71 for you math majors out there, that's 29 more three-pointers taken. Carmelo took 40 of them. I'm almost sure of it. Most combined assists, that's fine because there's no defense played, so that's easier. And that that record, that there was 88 yesterday. That record was 85 that was put up in 1984. That's 30 years ago. Most field goal made by one player, Blake Griffin. Ugh. That should be good. that'll that'll make him some money, but it won't show that he can win in the playoffs. Most three pointers made by one player Carmelo at a boy. Jack'. Him. Jack'. Him. That's what he does. That's a lot. That's a lot of records offensive records broken. The record for most points in a game is 42 by Wilt Chamberlain. Two guys scored 38 last night, and they're on the same team. Blake Griffin, Kevin Durant. In NBA history, NBA All-Star Game history, they are tied for third. So maybe people think that I'm kind of a Debbie Downer because obviously we want to see points scored by the best players on the planet in the United States. And this game doesn't matter. So I guess there are no parameters on how the game should or should not be played. The East has lost three in a row. So, you, I mean, Kyrie Irving and, and, uh, and uh, LeBron came out and said, you know, we really wanted to win this game. I, I think you get a little bonus if you win the game. It's, it's like ten or $15,000 more for the winning team. But they find that in their shoe. So I, I don't really think that, that that was the driving force. And it brings up an interesting thing that the NBA All-Star Game would be the most popular if it weren't for Major League Baseball because Major League Baseball matters, which is a whole topic for conversation that I don't want to talk about today. Because for those of you who don't know, whoever wins the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, the American League or the National League, whoever wins gains home field advantage in the World Series. Every time I say that out loud I I start laughing because it's absolutely ridiculous. But what was put on display Friday, Saturday, Sunday of this past weekend is the most exciting all star game of all the major sports. I mean because the Pro Bowl in the NFL just has the game. I mean it's everything leading up to it. The draft this year was pretty cool with Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice. I'd like that. In the game, I mean, the, actually, this Pro Bowl was pretty good. People were getting hit. People weren't messing around. Defense was getting their licks. So, I'm not sure. I think that my idea of having, you know, five, six guys competing in all the events, I'd love that. I would absolutely, absolutely love that. But, I don't think it's ever going to happen. be cool, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Because you need more guys. You need to feed more egos. Have more people be All-Stars. So more draw for more teams. I get it. People want to go to the All-Star game to see a hometown guy. I get it. I just don't think it's what's best for the league. But that's, I mean, who am I? I mean, that's just my opinion. Roger Goodell made $44.2 million in 2012. Oh, man. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. $35.1 million in salary. And that's fine. This isn't coming out of the players' pockets. It's not coming out of the fans' pockets. The owners pay him. Uh, If Kwame were in studio, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this tomorrow because I want to get his take on it, I don't know how he'd feel about this. Um but because it's not coming out of anybody else's pockets besides the owners, there's nothing wrong with it, I don't think, in my opinion. I, I really don't. It was reported that the owners believe that he is worth Roger Goodell is worth about a million dollars per team. So he's worth a little a little bit over that in salary, as he got thirty five. Incentive payments, pension payments, 44-point deuce. I think he is moving this game in the in the right direction. If you can warrant $44 million, I think he deserves it for the work that he's done, trying to clean up the game. The performance-enhancing drug thing is the one thing that I don't necessarily agree with him on his on his uh, protocol. I think that th- those things should be made public as to why people are being suspended, for what drug, what substance. But he gets the big picture. You put a good product on the field, your league, your players, your owners, your coaches, everybody makes more money. People watch. If you keep it vague and kind of brush it under the rug, people are going to forget because we're a very forgiving nation, especially with athletes. Because when it comes down to it, it's for entertainment. And these guys, all of them in the NFL are exemplary at their craft. So somebody makes a mistake, six games, four games, back. Greg Williams, the guy that, was, that allegedly spearheaded Bounty Gate in New Orleans, has a job again year and a half, two years removed, boom, back. He has his old job back with the Rams. We, we are a forgiving society when it comes to sports. And I think Roger Goodell, is, is, again, has done a great job. He's cleaning up other people's messes when it comes to the workers' comp things. With, with old player with retired players that, that need medical benefits I understand that that's not fair for the players that that hasn't been rectified but all of this stuff cannot be fixed overnight and he's slowly starting to move forward player safety is always number one on the list now. Players understand it's a violent game. And if I can put words in his mouth, what I'm thinking he's going through is he's trying to give them a broader perspective on life outside of football. Average shelf life, three and a half years for an NFL player. It's not very long. Takes one hit. Playing in the NFL for three years. Get a have brain injury. You could have bodily harm. You might not be able to walk again. Like There are things that he's trying to move towards that are being mocked, questioned. But innovation is always mocked. It's interesting. On the other side of the break, I'm going to have Donovan Files call in. I really want to get his take on this. Will Michael Sam and other gay athletes that come out be accepted into NFL and their locker rooms? Alex Clancy... Carmen Lester Sports Talk, I'll be right back.
4: Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for the keywords World Talk Radio. Once you're a part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the World Talk Radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for World Talk Radio.
0: What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com.
2: Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. I am by myself today, but now I am joined by one of my dear friends, Donovan Files, of the Miller Files radio show in San Diego, Billy.
5: Thanks for having me on today, Alex. Yeah, Thank of you. course. How's the
2: show going? I know you guys just moved times. It used to be Tuesday from, what was it, 1 to 3, and now it's, or no.
5: Yeah, it was Tuesday uh, midday from noon to 2, and now it's moved to Monday night. So a little bit better time slot, uh, evening drive from 7 to 9.
2: Yeah, that's Pacific Standard Time. So for your Arizonians, that's uh, 8 to 10, and then 10 to, ten to uh, what is it, 9 to, a, uh, yeah, 10 yeah, to ten you, to something on the East Coast. Yeah,
5: you guys and your... uh you're on daylight savings time whatever it's it's sheriff
2: joe man i don't know (laughs) it's it's the wild west out here so um i want to ask you 80 percent 86 percent of nfl players that took this poll said that they were okay with having a gay teammate the questions some a couple of the questions that were asked um true false a player's sexual orientation matters to you seven said true 44 said false I had teammates or coaches who used homophobic slurs this past season. 32 said true. 19 said false. I would shower around a gay teammate. 39 said true. 39 said true. 12 said false. And finally, an openly gay player would be comfortable in an NFL locker room. 25 said true. 21 said false. And 5 said no comment. So it's interesting that people... In the NFL now, especially with the Michael Sam thing coming out, and I'm, I'm wondering if we'll talk about it later, if, if that will open the floodgates, but it's easy to say now, um, and it's good to be politically correct in that regard because you don't want to be looked at as a homophobe or anything of the sort. Um, so do you think that there is merit in this, uh, in this blind poll, or do you think that the, people are just trying to be politically correct?
5: I really do think that there is merit in this little in this poll in the idea of it trying to get, you know, um an idea about NFL locker rooms and they're asking NFL players so I I definitely agree with the idea of it but I hope that it's actually, you know, most of the way true like does a player's sexual orientation matter to you? No. False. 44 out of, you know, 34 or 34 uh, three said no, it doesn't matter. So I I hope that the the um the survey rings true, the one that I question is, I had teammates or coaches who used homophobic slurs last season, and almost, you know, 40, 35 to 40 percent said no. When it comes to a, a locker room atmosphere, I have heard by, you know, a number of different coaches in my high school career, and people in a locker room, no matter where you are, use slurs like that. But... Not to say that it's okay, but then you have another person saying, you kind of understand what is and isn't acceptable to say when it comes to the slurs of race. Now, with uh, homosexuality, we do not necessarily know as uh, as a population what really bothers people about what we say. So we don't know which slurs kind of are going to hurt someone even more, uh, to an extent, you know? So we don't know what that person is going to reflect by what is is said by someone else.
2: Yeah, this is very unprecedented, obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, no, it's it, and that's good. But I, I think, and it's very, so you can say that a player's sexual orientation matters to you, 44 out of 51 said no, but then an openly gay player would be comfortable in an NFL locker room was pretty much 50-50. Yeah. So how is, so that doesn't really compute. There's gotta be something there's being unprecedented is the outlier here because a, as you said, we don't really know what is gonna cross the line, what's ethically irresponsible, what um is morally irresponsible. So Roger Goodell, and I talked about this last week, and I kinda wanna shift to this. Is he gonna have to rewrite the playbook, so to speak, on the on the moral code of ethics when it comes to crossing these lines? Because now you have the the, the racial stuff you have, the bullying with the Richie Incognito and Jonathan Martin thing, the hazing, and then you have uh, sexual orientation as well. Two out of those three, the latter two, with the hazing and the sexual orientation, hasn't really been exposed up to this point in the NFL, and they've all come to a head at the same time. So is he going to have to sit down and rewrite the, the code of ethics? And he's have things a, that I, I just don't know what he he's going to do.
5: In a way he might, but... I, it's honestly going to become a slippery slope for a while until it's actually, you know, written correctly. It's just in a different manner when it comes to, like, physical attributes, the whole, you know, staying away from the head and now you're hurting the knees type of a situation. You're staying away from one thing, and now you might hurt something else. Uh, when we talk about a sexual orientation mattering to someone, but then saying a gay player wouldn't be comfortable in an NFL locker room, that is heterosexual people saying that about homosexual people. They do not know necessarily. I prefer the five people that did not answer that question because I am not in their shoes. I do not know. This is a type, of, it's going to be a situation addressed by this poll, seeing people overly correcting themselves or not being comfortable themselves in their locker room because they don't want to upset someone else. Right, which is never a way it should be. You know, everybody should be on the same evil loving playing field, and they should know their boundaries within one another. And perhaps they need to have some sort of open dialogue about what really bothers someone, because we know what bothers certain people, but not others, because we fear the unknown.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, but you could say that about any any sort of thing. It doesn't need to be sexual orientation. So with, with okay, put it this way, as of right now, one thirty-second of the league will have to deal with this. Deal with this, quote-unquote. Whoever drafts Michael Sam is going to be, like, what if all of the truths, all the bad answers are from the same team, and he goes to that team? Like, this is all, that's why uh, straw polls of, like, 1% of the population in the NFL doesn't really yield a whole lot, and that that's kind of what I was getting to with how much merit it has, because obviously with all of the hazing and... All the homophobic stuff that uh, went towards player A in the Ted Wells report—that was on one team, and that was pretty, pretty putrid. I mean, that was pretty bad. So I, 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 I want to believe this, but saying that 86% of players in the NFL uh, are okay with a gay teammate—that is false. Like that is, that is a false projection. And the, the, the a few players that were polled, you know, that's fine. But I think that this is going to get much worse before it gets better.
5: Well, here's an interesting concept: is that if you if you listen, if you have any interviews about uh, this subject, and NFL players will say, "Yes, I knew I had gay people on my team." A lot of them will already say that. That's true. But those individuals were not openly homosexual, so therefore, it wasn't. It was something that even the people that knew could also somewhat hide themselves, like they were in the closet about knowing. So I I, I'm I'm curious to see which way it'll go because I've heard so many people say, so many former NFL players say that yes I knew this person was um, you know homosexual, but they didn't talk about it so I didn't talk about it you know the the world didn't know and neither did we so like it's kind of a um like I said they're keeping themselves in the closet also. Uh, I want to just real quick go back and say that I really like the idea um, that you said last segment about letting us know what the banned substance is uh, because I think, how you said, America is so forgiving, we wouldn't be. America would not be so forgiving if the, if, if, if um, a sentence was pinpointed on the wrongdoings. Like, if we actually knew which individual did what individual thing, there might not be such forgiving things, and people might be held more accountable to what's going on.
2: Well, is there something... So using a, using a banned substance is, is worse than going out trying to kill people for money with Bounty Gate? Because all those guys have jobs again.
5: No, I'm not saying it's worse at all. I'm just saying that people are still looked down upon for that. I, they might have a job again. But, but that's it, all
2: that matters. It doesn't okay. matter if they're looked down upon. Uh, to, to some... I mean, if 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 they're a talented athlete, if they you know whatever uh, used anabolic steroids, like the worst of the worst, that started this whole thing for two seasons and they won two Super Bowls, you get banned for six or eight games, then you come back. Yeah, at least they're on the field. Roger Goodell is 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 looking overlooking a lot of things that allows supreme gamesmanship. Well, not gamesmanship, not morally, but like so you put the best. Level of talent you can on the field, and if that means some people have to use steroids, slap them on the wrist, bring them back.
5: Yeah, but when you're saying that we're not no, we're not finding out if these people people using anabolic steroids, not right? True, we don't know.
2: But even if, if they were, if we
5: knew if we knew the banned substance was uh, marijuana because that's on the banned substance list versus uh, anabolic steroids or you know something uh, similar to that, we would take it differently as a people watching football. It would be thought out differently. One of, marijuana is getting looked at as taking off the banned substance list. It's not even on the banned substance list for NHL. So if we were actually to be able to pinpoint what people were doing wrong, then we ourselves could make a judgment on that person better as opposed to, oh, they did the exact same thing that someone else did that only got one game or even only got a fine. But this other person's got six games, four games, whatever. We don't know. We can't make a decision on
2: them. Right, and it's not our call. It, it's not it, – it's – so yes. Okay, so say they start saying exactly what was taken. I think a couple people have – like I think Sean Merriman, when he got suspended a few years back, they said what he what he used. And I don't know when it says the substance abuse, I don't know if that's weed. I don't know if that's coke. Like I don't they, – they use performance-enhancing drugs and then – oh, or is that a baseball term? They use – but substance abuse policy – could also be drugs it doesn't have to be uh you know performance enhancers right mm-hmm. yeah, so, so it's so it's just yeah. so it's just a huge umbrella of
5: gray area it's a banned substance period that's yeah. all you get banned yeah.
2: substance well i don't know so say okay so they start telling what it is half the people won't care and i mean once you use a banned substance i think I'm, what i mean by that is half the people will care as much as they did when they didn't know what it was and then the other people will actually look it up and be like, oh, this is really bad. And then, you know, people that are nerds like you and me will go look at the stats f- for when, when he was popped and see the downfall or, th- or the uprising of the stats due to whatever they were on. Like, I love looking at that stuff because it shows how good of a player you really are or if it was just you're as good as the drug that you're taking.
5: But that's the slippery slope Head the correct direction. That's the slippery slope we want. We want at least half the people that are like, oh, I actually know what this substance is now. Now I think differently about that, people. Us nerds that are actually going to go research it, that's the direction you want things to head. You want people to actually start. And then, and then me and you talk on a show like this or to our friends. We talk to PJ, another member of the Miller Files, and we talk about what's going on. And, and then we make our own decision. And then that... Filters out that balloons that slippery slopes and snowballs, as opposed to the other side of things where we just keep everybody in the dark and everybody just turns a blind eye.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair. But a lot of times people would rather have that. Yeah, I mean, and I listen. listen, Being informed, being yeah, right. Being informed is a slippery slope, absolutely. Yeah, because sometimes you don't want to hear what you're going to hear, but you Mm -hmm. want to hear other things that'll that'll either validate your side of an argument or, or things in that regard. So, um. I just I, with the huge grand scheme of the NFL, I don't think finding out is that big of a deal personally. I just don't. I mean, I think that like with all the work of compensation stuff and expanding the game onto different continents and maybe having a Super Bowl in London and things like that, it's just yes, it should be a bigger deal than it is than it is. But you don't see people get injured in the circus. And what I mean by that is, as long as the lights are flashing, a lot of other stuff can be pushed under the rug and pushed aside. So, I mean, ask Jerry Jones. You know, I mean, this, this is what he does. They're the, probably the most watched team in the NFL. They haven't made the playoffs in years.
5: Yeah, and only so, won one playoff game in the last 15 or so.
2: Man, shoestring tackle. He almost got into the end zone when he, when he, <laughs> when he muffed that, that field goal uh, snap. Um, on the other side of the break, I want to talk a little bit about the Ted Wells report. We have one segment left. I want to talk a little bit about that, and I want to talk about Darren Sharper because now poops hit the fan. Uh, Alex Clancy in studio. Donovan Files from the Miller Files online. Kwame Lester Sports Talk. We'll be back.
1: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
4: The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? (laughs) Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
2: Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Voice America Radio. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Like the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Facebook page on facebook um go to our itunes subscribe to us all of our past shows are archived on there Uh, download the voice america radio app it streams flawlessly uh so there's many ways to listen so there's no reason why you're not uh i have donovan files on the line one of my dear friends miller files radio show in san diego 13.20, I always get it wrong, 13.20 or 13.60? You're good, 13.20 a.m. 13.20 a.m., and then palomar.edu backslash KKSM if you want to listen to it and you're not in San Diego, 7 to 9 Mondays. Uh, They do a little bit of everything, little news, little media. Do you guys still do your top ten?
5: Yeah, we have a top ten list every week.
2: Top ten list, and then debate of the week. Uh, One of my favorite ones was how long do you have to go before washing your jeans? Um, our last uh, our last top 10
5: was uh, the worst things you ever want to hear on your performance evaluation
2: from an employee. <laughs> God, I probably hit at least three of those. Yeah, um, I think you were the one that said uh, this person should not be able to reproduce. Oh, yeah. That was a good <laughs> one. Yeah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, sports. Okay, so um, we were talking gay athletes and then we moved into performance enhancing drugs. I do want to talk about the Ted Wells report a little bit and what I, what I want to talk about, cause I need to talk about Darren Sharper too. For those of you who don't know, Darren, Shar- Darren Sharper has been, uh, facing two counts of rape by use of drugs, four counts of furnishing a controlled substance and one count of possession of a controlled substance in Los Angeles. So that's two, um, layman's terms used a uh, drugged women and allegedly raped them. He's facing those charges. He's also under investigation, um, for being a part of five other situations in three other states, so yikes. Uh, stay tuned. I'll, I will continue to talk about this this week as as more information comes out. But first, Ted Wells' report. I'm going to ask you, Donovan Files, who will get a job first, if either incognito, Jonathan Martin, and I know that that um, that. Uh, Pouncey was involved and there was a third lineback- uh, lineman involved and the-, the coach the offensive line's coach it's kind of like a Greg Williams situation where he'll probably be suspended in my opinion but he'll come back and he's a good coach so he'll get another job so do you so, think Incognito so or Jonathan Martin? Gets a job or gets to play first? Yes gets oh, a oh no in the NFL yes first? with pads on yes gets to play first signs Jonathan another Martin. contract with somebody else Jonathan Martin why?
5: No, 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 sign the contract. See, that's the thing. It's because I think the incognito might get another contract first, but there might be some sort of penalty coming down on him that doesn't allow him to play yet. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. I, so. f- I find both of these players playing in the NFL again. Incognito has been around a lot longer, obviously, as we know. Um, so his days are numbered regardless of which way you look at it. Is someone going to take a, uh, a chance and sign a two-year contract on an 11-year veteran? Probably. Offensive alignment has seen no real sign of downfall, except for the fact that he's a really mean guy. Yeah, he's a
2: knucklehead for sure.
5: Yeah, Jonathan Martin, um, you know, a young player who's only got you know up to go, and really, his he's he's hit rock bottom. He's got to go up at this point. Um, I, I see Intagito getting um, picked up first, but Jonathan Martin playing first. The only thing I see possibly is Jonathan Martin just walking away completely. Like, something else happens again that triggers him again, because clearly he has, you know, a little bit of issues going on inside of his own head, whether it's because of someone else or it's his own issues, maybe he won't be able to handle it again. Maybe something will trigger him again where he just is like, okay, I'm done with the NFL. Clearly there's no hope for me here. But Uh I say think I you to get the contract first.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I believe it because, again, we talk about the drug thing. If you're talented enough... And you're you're kind of a basket case. You're a bad. He's not a bad. I I don't think he. I don't know if he's a bad person or not because I don't know the guy. I, I I only read what is reported and I base my opinion on that. But if yeah. you're talented, he's more talented than Jonathan Martin is. So when it comes down to it, you put your best guys on the field. He's that guy. Yeah, and I and I, I, know that, and the, really I think that
5: pretty much everything I said before. <laughs>
2: but yeah, well that's and that's fine. Yeah, you have to like before the Ted Wells report came out. I was I was almost erring on the side of Rich Incognito with all the tweets that, that he blasted out. And then I apologized profusely Friday morning when we had the show this past Friday after the Ted Wells report came out. Um, so we have about four minutes till close, and this is a little monkey wrench in this. The player A that was uh, talked about in the Ted Wells report that was unnamed, name just got revealed. Andrew McDonald was the player wow. A. He was the one that... Uh that you know, wanted to be a good teammate, didn't want to expose his name. Oh boy. So now now how does your name get leaked now and not right away? After okay. so now the report is player A, so you were a good teammate, and then now the, the player is leaked? I don't I mean I I have nothing. his agent leaked this. I don't so the, understand. I really wish we. I really wish this was the beginning of the show so I could read this article. Oh my god! The
5: biggest issue now is that question that we just asked about who gets the contract first. There's a third name in it, and he's last.
2: Well, yeah, but he's with the Panthers now. He's with, now, he's now. he's with the the now. he's that? with the
5: Panthers now. He's with he's
2: with the Panthers now. So he might have alleviated himself from the situation because oh, he's not with the Dolphins yeah. anymore.
5: He was leaked too late.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, that was good timing then, I guess. Perfect. Yeah. So at least he can he can own up to the words that were spoken about him that he spoke and he's, and he's away from the situation now. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. Darren Sharper. Uh, we got to run through this really fast. As I said before, um, two counts. He's being f- faces two two counts of rape by use of drugging. I heard a little bit this morning that how this all came out was one of the women woke up afterwards, found a shot glass that she had drank from, and grabbed it, I guess, and they tested it, and there was, uh, there was some sort of drug in there. So, um, I, I mean, this is bad. Because he was, obviously it's bad, he was a part of Bounty Gate. Uh, he was coined, Brett Favre was coined as saying, you know, what are you doing, Sharp? They were really good friends, and Darren Sharper was out for blood in the game against, in the, game against the Vikings, going after Brett Favre's injured ankle and now this is just... This blows the roof off. I mean, he was a part of that team that won the Super Bowl. You think that with all of that power that that came with for the city of New Orleans after Katrina, all of that stuff that everybody on the team's a saint, and then Bounty Gate comes out, and then all of these things, I mean, he could potentially be charged with five counts of rape. And oh, how do, how are people possibly capable of doing something like this. Man, we only have a minute left. I'm pissed. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll cut it there. Uh, Donovan Files, check him out tonight, 7 to 9, 1320 AM, San Diego, Palomar, edu backslash KKSM to stream it online. Follow him at Donovan Files on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Download the Voice America radio app. So, you can stream the show. Like our Facebook page, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Subscribe to us on iTunes. I'm going to keep saying it until you people do it. Um, Donnie, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to have you uh, coming on. I'll try to have you on later on this week as well, if, uh, if schedules permit. Alex Clancy, Voice America Radio, Kevin. I'll see you guys tomorrow.
4: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash world.